You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. It's the week that was with Joe Palmasolo. It is May 11th, 2019, and uh, welcome to another version of the week that was the eve of one of the most important days of the year in our lives, the day we celebrate moms. Um, I struggle to understand, as men, I think we do, as fathers we love, But mothers, it's different. How someone can pour their entire soul, mind, energy into another human being without wanting anything in return. There's something almost divine about a mom. She loves us unconditionally. She loves us totally. Uh, Just possibly, God could not be everywhere. Therefore, he made mothers. So today, tomorrow, and always, we cannot say thank you enough to all moms out there. Um, What happened this week in history? Actually, nothing. Nothing. In uh, one year, or on this date in history, IBM's Deep Blue beat Gary Kasparov in a six-game match. Uh, pitting a computer against a chess champion. But really, nothing significant happened. And that's funny, because if you look at this week's news, the things, the events that happened this week, it's all recycled stuff. It's stuff that keeps happening. I, I get, I, I looked at this week and I said, okay, we've got the politics, We've got the accusations flying both ways, which has been going on. We've got another shooting in Denver. Um, We've got, uh, there's one part of that, the shooting aspect that is changing a little bit um, with the fact that People are rising up now, and they're attacking. They're getting killed in the process, but they're they're actually risking their lives to save the other people. We've got uh, political arguments as people run against each other on the Democratic side and everything else. But honestly, folks, somewhere along the line, we have to separate. We have to stop listening to it. We have to separate all this stuff. It's peripheral. The real bottom line here, and this is troubling me this week, and it's troubling me today. I've got a real heavy kind of spirit today um, that we have lost our way as human beings. 
Uh, I'm willing to take calls today, uh, 330-450-1480. Pastor Walter Moss is coming in at 930, and we're going to talk about an event that is going on today against violence that he's involved with. Uh, we're going to talk about all this stuff, the divisions. Uh, I'm open to any part of this conversation that you want to get into or that you want to bring up. But somewhere along the line, we've got to separate all the crap. We've got to separate all the junk. And we've got to start coming together and getting to know each other. Black, white, Jewish, Arab, Muslim, Catholic, doesn't matter. It's all labels. It's all skin color. It's all labels. I realize we have different cultures. I was raised Italian. It's important to me, my heritage, my background. It's important to all you, but that isn't who we are deep down. It isn't whether you're a Democrat, a Republican, a liberal, or conservative. Those aren't, that isn't who you are deep down, spiritually. We are spiritual beings and we have to get to that point where we understand that we understand that how we look our opinions our our thoughts what they want to label us are all gone and we just meet and we talk and we get to know and we get to love and you give unconditionally We could all learn from mothers on this Mother's Day. We can all learn from how they give unselfishly, not looking for anything in between. So I have no idea where this show is going to go today. I don't feel like talking about all the crap. We may get into it. We may talk about it a little bit. But I'm open to whatever you want to discuss in the way of how we come together as, first of all, in our neighborhoods, then in our community, then in our state. But it all starts individually. I'm sick of it. I get, I'm, I'm, I'm actually turned off by all the crap. And so I have no idea where this is going. Stephen's looking at me like, okay, what are we going to do for three hours? We're going to talk. I'm going to, I'm going to rely on you, the listeners, too, to bring up things. Ask questions. Talk about things. Pastor Moss will be here. John's here. Stephen's here. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody has something to say about this. And we'll throw in stories that need to be talked about, that need to be talked about. Some of them don't need to be talked about. And we'll go from there. So we'll continue with this very interesting um, non-scripted, don't know where we're going. We may have dead air for three hours. I have no idea. If no one calls in, they're not turned on by this, they don't want to talk about this, we'll talk about some of the things. 
What? I said off the cuff. Well, Paul Masano unplugged. Well, I, I just, it, it's frustrating, but we'll get into all that. We'll continue <laughs> with the week that was, the soul that was. I, 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 I'm concerned that we have gone off the track too far. Stay tuned. All right, it is contest time, and what we're giving away today is what, Stephen? Well, when you point at this, I have no idea what it is. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to look here real quick. It is a $25 gift card to George's Restaurant in downtown Canton. Oh, what? Is that right? Okay, it's circled. He circled it for me, but I... <laughs> a $25 gift card to George's Restaurant in downtown Canton. That's what you will win. And here are your your answers. Later on in the show, I'll give you your questions. If you match them up, you will win the $25 gift card to George's Restaurant. First answer is $141 million. I'm enunciating like John Bazika. This is how you enunciate. $141 million is the first answer. Second answer, $122 million. $122 million. And the third answer is the carnation. The carnation. So, your answers, $141 million, $122 million, and the carnation. Later on in the show, I'll give you the questions. You can match them up. What, Stephen? I figured with that sheet, I figured since I scratched everything out on it, circled the answer, <laughs> and put arrows pointing at it, you would know what it was. But I, I guess it was. Uh, no, I looked at all the cross-offs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's so true. You circled it. You put arrows to it. You crossed everything else out, and I couldn't find it. I had no idea. I had no idea. Uh, oh, well. Hey, do you know that Alexa has been eavesdropping on you the whole time if you have Alexa? Isn't that crazy? I have Alexa. Has been eavesdropping on on us. Anybody who has it. Don't, that we don't realize it, but Amazon keeps a copy of everything Alexa records after it hears its name. Keeps a copy of it. So everything you ask Alexa to do, a copy is kept with someone. It's crazy. I, I just hope you're not the person, not you, I'm saying somebody else who has an Alexa, I hope they're not the person that walks in and is like, Alexa, I want to keep my social security number square with you. Yes. And then, like, tells it to them. Yeah. And then five weeks later, some robot ends up on the street named Alexa that... Well, what about people who order, like, they, they put their, they must put their credit information because they say you order would, a pizza. Yeah, you would imagine. That's crazy. 
I, I'm turning the thing off. I'm turning the thing off. Well, I it's like I, I, not that I have anything. I don't care. I hardly ever use it. Basically, I use it to set an alarm. That's all, that's all I use Alexa for. Alexa, I have to get up at three to catch a plane or something. Yeah, I, we have the Google like home thing, which yeah. is same thing. Yeah, but I'll play music off of it. And I'll listen to this station. Right. That's and what, that's like that's like it. That's all I do. That's what my wife does. She I think Kirby listens to the show via Alexa. We have an Alexa here, I think. You know what? Here here's what here's what would be interesting to do the next time you go into someone's home who has an Alexa. I I think you go to a party or something, you go to someone's house, sneak into the wherever the Alexa is when no one's around. And say, Alexa, wake me up at 3 a.m. Alarm at 3 a.m. to screams from horror movies. (laughs) (laughs) It's the perfect prank for the 21st century. Think about it. Let's do it. I'm going to find one. Alexa? Alarm at 3 a.m. to screams from horror movies. You know what I love, though, right now? Is that right now, there could be people listening on their radio to you that happen to have an Alexa in the same room. And they may have just stepped away from the radio for these five seconds that you said that. So there could be 20 Alexas in Canton right now that are saying... (laughs) That's a great plan, Joe. I will do that. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? It would be. If all of a sudden, 3 o'clock this morning, or there tomorrow a... morning, there's screams all over Canton. And then you wake up and you look in the paper tomorrow and it's like a weird <laughs> phenomenon occurred between Alexas. Oh, that would be They crazy. pitted against the humans. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't do that, Hal. <laughs> Alexa? Alarm at 3 a.m. to screams from horror movies. I can't do that right now, Dave. (laughs) Oh, God, that would be great. I'm going to do that in someone's home if I haven't done it already this morning. All right, when we come back after J. David Rest gives us the latest news, uh, John Bazika gives us the latest sports are there any sports just going on today? No. You, these are all, it's not the latest. It's actually what happened yesterday, right? Because there isn't anything going on this morning. No. Um, and we'll talk other sports. I have some things I want to talk about. You may have some things you want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you want to talk about. You always you always hit me with something during the week that I didn't think about. Well, today it'll probably be bocce. Oh, I'm going to move for bocce or moda. I was really happy when Luigi Montecalvo took home the bocce championship this past week. Rocco Vaselino. Oh. Cheese Melito? Cheese Melito is a real person. I love Cheese Melito. I know. I know. I I love Cheese Melito. I imagine he was good at bocce, though. You know, I knew Cheese when he was in his 80s, so I don't know how good he was in bocce. But You know, I've never played bocce. Oh, my gosh. Have you ever played Moda? No. Oh, my God. We're going to play it today before you leave. Okay. I'm going to teach you. How Can to we play bocce ball. sometime, too? Absolutely. Okay. If you you, uh, you bring the Pauline. Okay. You have no idea what that I, is. I don't know what you're talking about. But okay. I'm sure. It's and a... you have to have a belt. 
I'm to sure, measure. I'm sure I have to go to some CD location to get this stuff. <laughs> it's okay. CD? That's okay. Uh, stay tuned. The week that was will continue right after this. I just got two texts. <laughs> Did you? One from Kirk Shearing says, I'm listening to you on Alexa. It worked. She just confirmed that she will wake me up at 3 a.m. tomorrow morning. Thanks a lot. I'll call you at 3 a.m. tomorrow to see how you're doing. (laughs) And then I got another one. I got another one. Thanks for setting 3 a.m. alarm on my Alexa. (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. I told you that could happen, though. Oh, this is fun. I'm going to just keep doing this. I'm going to give them all kinds of strange stuff. Periodically, by the hour, just do something different. By the way, Richard Regula, uh, Stark County Commissioner, is going to come on the show. See how things work out? Mm-hmm. He's going to come on the show at 9.15 uh, to talk about the upgrades to the 9-11 system, 9-1-1 system. Oh, I've heard about this. Here. He said it's huge. It's a... It's a first, uh, first in, first in state, ninth in the country. Okay, it's a first in the state, and ninth in the country. So we're going to talk about that at nine fifteen, uh, and then at nine thirty, we're going to talk with Pastor Moss. So we're talking about things that are 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 good. Let's um, and sports, Michigan, the the. High School Athletic Association in Michigan voted this week to reduce the amount of full-contact football practices. The new rule reduces the maximum amount of full-contact practice from 90 minutes to 30 minutes per week. Hmm. The rules were suggested by Practice Like Pros, an organization working to reduce youth football injuries. Now, I have a counter to this, but what is your opinion when you hear that? I can understand where Michigan's high school football athletic association is coming from. Okay. Concussions are on the rise. No, they're not. Well, but I'm saying concussions have been an issue. Okay, yeah. In sports, yeah, maybe not on the rise. I think they're probably on the on the decline now because we're doing things to protect players more and more. Um, I can see where they're coming from in that sense, but I could also see maybe where that takes away the chance to grow during the week and have opportunities to actually understand what it's going to feel like come Friday night when you're hit. So I think that is a bit of a concern because then it might open them up more for a concussion. Like the fact that they're not getting as much contact. You're kind, might... of, you're kind of, you're you're verbalizing as you think this through. Yeah. You're kind of talking as you think it through. And you're you're actually getting closer to where where I am on this. I, think, I, I can. I guess I can see a pro and a con to it. I think it's like that type of. There's like one pro and there's, there's one con. There's really not. It's not a very you know. There's not much gray here. Well, let me ask you this. 
If if you were a boxer and you said, uh, and boxing put a rule in that said um, you're not allowed during the week, in, in, in training for a fight, you're not allowed to punch the other person in the head. And then you get into the ring and then... Somebody lands an uppercut on you immediately. Yeah, it's like what Mike Tyson said. Everybody's got a plan until you're punched in the face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my concern is this. I know how uh, how it was for me as a player. It You have to prepare your body for a game. You have to prepare your... how You have to learn how to tackle, and the only way to learn how to tackle is to tackle. Well, and not just tackle, but if they really want to prevent concussions, learn the correct technique to tackle and give those kids the opportunity to have the 90 minutes to say, hey, don't tackle here, tackle here. And here's my other part. High school kids are not pros. No. Professional athletes have gone through high school, college, pros. They they are the epitome of athletes. They're the top 1%, one, one half of 1%. They, they're, they're the top players in the world at their craft. They're athletes enough to avoid things. I don't think kids having 30 minutes of hitting the entire week is that it? The entire week? The entire week. Yeah, that's are ready to go into a Friday night when an opponent who wants to punish you all of a sudden starts coming at you full speed, and you're not ready for it. I actually believe that they're going to have more injuries. Not not maybe maybe not more concussions, but they may. But they're going to have more injuries. Because all of a sudden, you have only hit for 30 minutes the entire preseason and everything, and now all of a sudden you go into a game and these guys are flying at you, and you're not the greatest athletes in the world, I think you're going to get more injuries. I think this is a bad mistake. Yeah, even if you're conditioned perfectly and and you think you're ready for it, you can't anticipate what that feeling is going to be like when another opponent that's six five and you know three bills comes at you and rocks you into the ground because that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a guy that's going to be on another team that's going to be a lot bigger, a lot faster, and a lot stronger than you. Well, unless you say, "Hey, look, in a game, there's only going to be thirty minutes of hitting. The rest of the time, you're just going to grab." I don't know. I mean, is that where? Is that where the game is headed? Well, if it is, it's the demise of the game. And and ultimately you gotta say and and I think, you know, from I worry about football. Yeah. Because insurance companies are no longer insuring. They're the pool of insurance companies that insure youth football and high school football and things have have dissipated greatly to the point where there's only a few that are still insuring players and teams. The rules have changed to the point where 
you really can't hit as much as you did when I played. Sure. Now, granted, I had concussions. I lost my memory for two days one one time from a hit. So, but see, I forgot what I was going to say. No, I'm kidding. I um, but I I think that either you're going to play football the way football's supposed to be played. You can you can. Get better helmets. You should always try and get better helmets. You should try and improve how people tackle. But I'm I'm concerned that we're getting to a point where football is no longer played. You know, this is something that Allie and I have already discussed now, is that if, you know, the day when we have a kid, if the kid walks up to us and says, Dad, Mom, I want to play football, and we've both said that we don't know that we'd let a kid play football. Why? Just because of the concerns of, I I think the concussion kind of uprise that's happened in the last 10 years where it's really been like in the forefront and people have seen it. I, I think it's scared a lot of, I would say millennials that are going to have kids eventually from, wanting to let their kids do that probably because there's a thought in the head that like that will it can lead to problems down the road it could but it could also lead to it could lead to great things yeah it could also lead to your child learning how to play i think the greatest team sport sure there ever was and and that's and learning how to be a part of a group and that's the that's the thing that would have to be weighed out there. Yeah. And that's why it's tough cuz like I remember when I was in high school someone asked me to play football cuz I've always been a bigger guy and my answer was always no, I don't want to get hurt and potentially suffer something that I can't come back from. And that's fine. And and you should not be judged for that. I mean basically that's your decision. Sure. But when the parents make the decision for the child. Sure. <clears throat> I started playing when I was eight years old. Yeah. I started playing full contact when I was eight years old. My shoulder pads hung off me. I was probably 40 pounds. I was 105 pounds when I was a freshman at Hoban. You know, I, I the helmet turned around. The shoulder pads didn't fit. I looked like a goof, but I played. And and my parents didn't stop me from playing. They worried, but they didn't stop me. And it was something that I think was was great for me. So I I, I don't know. I mean I, I don't know the answer, John, but I, I do know that that we can't keep legislating football out of football. Well, and football maybe not now, maybe not tomorrow, maybe even not in the next five years, but in the next 20 years, maybe 30, I'll say probably by the end of my lifetime, it's going to face a crossroads. It's already facing a crossroads. And and I think, I think and we'll get into this. I, Steven's looking at me with an evil eye. We've got to take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap this part of it up because I do want to get into that a little more. I was going to get into other things, but this is an important topic. I got another text. I'm getting texts like crazy. Nobody's calling in, but they're texting me from um, 
Don, a friend of mine who is works for uh, a company that I work with, is pretty high up in that company. Would he said uh, he he talked about the the tackling dummies, those uh, MVP tackling dummy, the one that moves around. Yeah, yeah. And you tackle those. That that is a great idea. I love those things. I think they're great. I don't know how many high schools can afford them. He also said that most concussions come from soccer, and I think about soccer. Soccer, they don't even wear a helmet. Sure. They they hit the ball with their heads. They run into each other with their heads. Um, cycling is actually, I think, the leader in concussions. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, you fall off your cycle, and you're going to suffer some sort of major injury. Absolutely. I, I just think... I th- I think there there is a as we get and and we only have about a minute left but I must say this I think as we get softer as a country football becomes a major target why are people targeting boxing I mean they actually try to knock each other out but nobody is attacking boxing but we attack football constantly. Why? Because I think it is a macho kind of sport that doesn't fit into our society as a whole anymore. Yeah, I, I don't I don't necessarily disagree with that. I I think it's just that because there has been so much put out about how it can affect you and how there have been studies done and you know the CTE and there are words there are words that scare people away from it. But how many millions millions of people have played football? Tons. And then you look at how many are suffer from CTE and things. And that's a very fair point. But I think it's the thought that I don't want my kid or I don't want my cousin or I don't want, you know, someone in my family to suffer from that. And again, that's not Would you let your kid go out in the backyard and just roam and go play and and go in the woods for 6 hours and romp with his friends? Or would you be worried about that too? No, I that that'd be fine because okay. I mean I did that when I was a kid. Right, but they're going to come back and they're going to be. Yeah, I mean, and I I was too. Yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> it's I, tough. I, I, it is. It is. I mean, those are decisions that, that you have to make regardless of what time it is in history. I, I think we used to just back in the day probably just say, you know what, just go play football. Yeah. Just go have fun. I don't think my mom. I just went. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there they was even no discussion. Knew. No, it wasn't discussion. It was like I just showed up. I went because it wasn't. Again, because there weren't the the technological advances to be able to see things and know things and yeah, we had hear helmets, about things. The helmets didn't even fit. Yeah, and they yeah. were they had leather straps in them and, and I'm one sure bar. The, and I'm sure on the inside there wasn't like padding and stuff. I, on no, it. I said there were only leather suspension. They were suspension yeah. helmets. It was crazy. Anyway, when we come back, we have a special guest.
Maybe we'll talk about this with her. Not telling you. Stay tuned. The week that was will continue right after this. We have a special guest with us. And um, she is my mother. Mom, how are you? I'm pretty good for 98, Joe. I know. You're amazing for 98. Well, (laughs) I thank you for that, honey. Mom, I wanted to... um, to tell you, and I've told you this so many times, I could not have been um, the person that I have become without you. You were everything to me. You, you, and you still are. I come, we, we, I see you every Sunday. We talk. We, but growing up, Dad was always there, and I always, and, and fathers are different. But you were the one who helped me pick out my clothes when I went shopping, who were there to talk about all the troubles I was having with girls and everything. I shared everything with you. Joe, can I read you something that you wrote? Yes. You wrote to me several years ago. Yes. Okay, it says, Mom... You've poured your life into us in many ways, given support and help for all our days. You've always been there to listen and advise. Your words and encouragement were always wise. The lessons you taught us won't leave us soon, nor will the scars from that darn wooden spoon. (laughs) Yeah, I wrote that to you. Yes, you did. Probably 20, 30 years ago. That's right. And 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 you, that wooden spoon was was famous. You would, um, you would love us, but I'll remember many times sitting there, and I didn't want to eat because I wanted to go back outside and play, and you'd sit across from me and with that wooden spoon and say, you're finishing all your food until you... Until you do that, and I remember crying and going through all that, but but you stuck to it. I know, but the way that we raised you, I remember going to the zoo with the family, and we stopped to eat, and you wouldn't eat. So your dad took you outside, and your dad said to him, you either sit there and eat, or we'll take you to Grandma's. And we'll go to the zoo without you, and you wait. That's true. And, Mom, we were talking about football. And I told John, we were talking, and I said, I played football when I was eight years old. I went out and played football, and I was a scrawny, little, sickly kid. Exactly. And did you even know that, did I tell you I was going to sign up for football, and i just go? Yes, and I wouldn't do it. But Ralph was the one that started my brother around with you, and uh, he was the one that uh, made me, uh, you know, say it was okay. Yeah. Because, you know, you were scrawny and little, and uh, I didn't want you out there playing football. I know. And then you started with uh, uh, the scene, those little kids uh, from the... CYO. Yeah, CYO. Yeah. And look how you turned out. Yeah. I am so proud of all of my children 
and my grandchildren and my two Ben and Jane uh, and Nate. It's... I am a very proud ninety-eight-year-old lady. Mama Palmasano, you mean to tell me that your son Ralph, who I've met once in my life, was a bit of a troublemaker to Joe when he was a kid? Is that what yeah. you mean to tell me? Yes. Oh, he terrorized me. He he used to lay next to him and pick on him, and he he had that bad habit. And then uh, and they'd be watching television, and he'd be pulling Joe's hair and and picking on him. And and Joe had enough, and he got on top of him and started to hit him. And I went and got the wooden spoon. And she was beating on me. Yeah, I finally was getting big enough to get on top. He used to. He we shared a room, and we had two two beds. He used to when I went to sleep at night. He used to roll up spitballs with Kleenex. And throw them at me, and I'd wake up in the morning and have dried spitballs all over my, <laughs> oh my face. Gosh. This is my brother terrorized me, but we, yeah. but but we absolutely, and and I, I mean it was just it was mom. I I love you. Um, I'll see you tomorrow. All right, honey. Uh, happy Mother's Day, and you are an amazing well. person. I am very proud of my family. It turned out very, very well. Well, there's a reason it turned out well. Well, I love you all. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, honey. Thank you, Mom. Love you. See you tomorrow. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Stay tuned. We'll continue right after this. You know, we are very fortunate in Stark County, and I've said this many times, to have great leaders um, at the state level, uh, at at other levels, obviously, the commissioners, um, Kirk Schering, Thomas West, great people. Um, and one of them is Richard Regula, and he's, uh, I, I, there, there is a reason he serves. He, ser- he truly serves, and, and Richard is with us right now. And, Richard, you, you wanted to talk about, and I want to hear about, the. first of all, thank you for all you do for Stark County and for the service you bring to all of us. Well, thank you, Joe, and uh, thanks for the kind words. Uh, we do have a good group of leaders in Star County, and I'm proud to serve with not, not only my fellow commissioners, Commissioner Creighton and Commissioner Smith, but uh, Alex Dunbar and and Alan Harold, and most importantly, and especially the sheriff, George Meyer. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. Sheriff Meyer and Tim Warsher came into our meeting the other day, and they introduced us to a company called Carbine. And Carbine has technology to really enhance our 911 system. Currently, when you call in on a, a cell phone, and 81% of the calls that come into 911 are on cell phones, mm-hmm. currently we can get you your location between uh, 10 and 20 meters. With this new technology, when you call in on your cell phone, that would, what will come up on the dispatcher screen is a pinpoint location of where you are within three feet. Wow. They, they will text you back a, a message that they got your call, and if you hit that text, your phone goes live. So they, the dispatcher will be able to see whether it's a fire, whether it's domestic violence, whether it's a school shooting. They'll be able to see it in real time. I mean, it's unbelievable technology. Is this, and, and, is this getting implemented? Yes. We're going to have it up and running within the month. No way. Yeah. I mean, Joe, I was 
I, the, Tim talked about it at a, I believe, in a work session, like a couple of days before our regular meeting. But uh, they came in and did a, a, a real live presentation. Tim walked out of the meeting, called in like he was just calling in nine one one into in what the what the, thought the the gal had on her laptop was what like the dispatcher would see. Tim called in. And you could pinpoint him exactly where he was. He was out in the, in the uh, corridor in the office. And then he walked in holding his phone up, and you could see him walk right into the commissioner's office. I, it, it was unbelievable. And if you want to see it, uh, go to – I know you uh, have Martin Olson on every once in a while. Yeah. Go to the Stark Political Report. And in one of his blogs, he, he films all of our meetings. And he, he filmed the whole thing, and he'll show you how, how it works. I mean – it's just think if you're a kid in school and all of a sudden, you know one of these school shootings goes on, you can call into nine one one and hold your phone up and show it, the dispatcher what's going on. You can actually chat too. So if you don't don't want to talk, if you're barricaded in a closet or something, you can chat with the dispatchers back and forth and let them know what's going on. And we are the first in Ohio. To have we are this? the first, first in Ohio and the ninth in the country to have this technology. Tim Warshaw, our EMA director, had a relationship with, I, I can't remember her last name, but Lisa with Carbon, Carbon, Carbon and they wanted to have a, a test uh, county, so they chose Stark County. They gave it to us for first year for free. Next year, the technology will cost about $45,000. And then it will be under the state bid contract moving forward. And I think you're going to see every county in the, in the state of Ohio. But we are going to be the first once again. And, and you know what? We've done so much with our 911 system. We've gone to the Mark's radio system so everybody in the county can communicate with I remember else. that, yeah. That that was a huge upgrade. And that was thanks to the, the taxpayers because when we passed the criminal justice sales tax, we renewed the criminal justice sales tax. We promised the taxpayers it would be used to enhance our 911 and go to the Mark's radio system. And I want to thank all the first responders, police, fire, EMS. Amen. Everybody's on everybody's on board with it. And it's truly can be a lifesaver because, you know, we had that unfortunate situation with Officer Taylor. He could not talk to the highway patrol to realize that that guy had a gun. Now the highway patrol can talk to the sheriff. Sheriff can talk to Masson City Police, and Masson City can talk to Perry. Everybody can talk to everybody else. So it's we've we, we've come a long, long ways. And as, as Tim Warsher said, this new enhancement of nine one one is the best thing to happen to nine one one since the inception of nine one one. That's so a fact. It, yeah. It's, it's really cool stuff. Yeah, that's so. amazing. And all of this has really taken place. The enhancement of the nine one one now going into this. This has all taken place in the last what four years? It's been it's it's been ongoing, but yes, the last four or five years. And then uh, when we renewed the sales tax, we I mean we've been working on getting to the mark system. But uh, I tell you what, uh, Sheriff Meyer and his leadership, Major Anderson. And uh, working with the EMA and working with the county commissioners, uh, we've we've uh, made great strides, and I'm very proud to be part of it. Yeah, and you you guys are the commissioners, and everybody involved in this needs to. You all need to be congratulated for doing this. This this uh, it's a big deal. I'm glad you I'm glad you talked about it because, and, and I'm sure that 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 you this has been shared on our station before. 
But this is a big deal, Richard. This is, right. a, this is a great thing. And congratulations to you and all the commissioners and everybody involved in this, in, in putting this together. It makes us a lot safer. Well, I appreciate that, Joe. And, and what we do is just work for the benefit of Stark County, and this is a, a huge benefit for Stark County. And like I said, I'm, I'm happy to be proud of it. And, but I want to really thank uh, Sheriff Meyer and, and Tim Orsher from EMA and everybody involved with the 911 system. Richard, thank you so much. Um, right. You have a, a, a wonderful day, and I, I thank you again for coming on and talking to us about this. This is a great thing. Okay. Thanks, Joe. Take care. Take care. All right. When we come back, Pastor Walter Moss is, I think, going to be here. And we're, we're going to talk about what's going on today, what he's got going on. He's always got something going on. And uh, we'll talk to him and talk deeper into this whole situation. This cathartic, I need it. Stay tuned. We'll be back. You know, one thing, uh, when we talk about getting together and we talk about giving back and we talk about... Uh, especially working with young people. The Girls on the Run, the East Central Ohio 5K Run Walk, is next Saturday at Walsh University. The reason it's important, it's a, it's a culminating celebration of hundreds of girls who have completed the Girls on the Run program. This is more than just physical conditioning. In the 10 weeks leading up to the 5K, the girls learn critical life skills that they can use to help others, that they can use to make good choices and resolve conflict at home, school, and with friends. Pam Cook has been involved in this. She's been a coach this season for Girls on the Run, and I know she would invite everyone to join her uh, to support these young women who have been involved in this, and uh, that is next Saturday at Walsh University. We'll give you more details about it, uh, I'm sure, during the week and times and everything else. John, you just showed me a um, a video in while we were at break of the 1966 City Championship in Akron, Ohio, at the Rubber Bowl. Yeah. And I was... I was drawn back to a, we, we talk about all this, a much better time when uh, people actually, the place, the rubber bowl was packed on at 10 o'clock in the morning. On Thanksgiving Day. On Thanksgiving Day with probably 40,000 people, standing room only, all over Akron. Everybody there celebrating these young men yeah. that were playing for the city championship. It was huge. It was it was when we were community uh, and people cared enough to be out there on a cold. I remember going there every year. Yeah. My brother played in the sixty four game, which you've got on there too. But I, I was I was amazed at the crowd. At the Rubber Bowl. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's it's something that it's laughable that I think back when I was in high school that we played Bookdale, uh, Firestone and Bookdale played Week 10 at InfoCision Stadium, and I think we had like 5,000 for that game, and that was like the biggest crowd I could remember in high school. 
And like you said, you know, I mean, you had to park miles away. I mean, you weren't just parking on the hill on George Washington Boulevard to get to this game. I mean, you were probably parking out by where Strickland's was and walking in a couple miles just to get to the game. But no one cared. No. It was an event. You had to be there, and you were there with everybody. I've got a great picture that um, the former sports information director at Akron U, Ken McDonald, gave me, Mm -hmm. and it's a picture of the parking lot for an Acme Zip game. Mm -hmm. And as far as you can see... There are cars and people walking in, and then there's a picture of the stadium, and there's not an empty seat inside that place. And I really wish that 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 time, not just in Akron, but everywhere, still existed. Yeah, as you said, Friday nights used to be about getting together, and not so much always going to see the game. It was just about getting together as a community. Yeah. You know, and, you, and the funny thing is, John, to add to this, there were 40,000 people in there from different schools. There were no fights. No. There were no taunting stuff. People were there as a community. I don't remember ever there, there ever being any kind of tension. It was it was a good feeling of competition. Yeah. And and you wanted to win and you wanted to beat the other team. I remember being at my brothers. Yeah. And you know, we wanted to beat East. But but it wasn't a hatred. It wasn't a I'm gonna go punch you in the mouth because you're at East. The only time that I found through the research that I've done that the two teams kind of got into a bit of a scuffle was in 1969, Kenmore and Garfield played. And at the end of the game, um, uh, now I talked to Larry Poole, who played at Garfield. I talked to Eric Schock, who played at Kenmore. I remember both of them well. You know, and, and I've gotten different stories from both of them. Even talked to Gary Pinkle, who played at, at Kenmore. And, right. And they all tell me that it was the other one who started the scuffle. But once it started, I mean, it was just throw off the gloves and go at it. Yeah. And I have game film of that, too. And, and um, it's just, it's it was fascinating getting to talk to all these people and getting to learn that history of a city that I grew up in, but I wasn't around for that. I could tell you right now, knowing the two, it was Eric Schock that started it. <laughs> <laughs> it was Eric Schock that started it. Yeah, but but I'm going to tell you this, the, um, the 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 feeling was and and again I know both those people and the feeling of the the community was 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 so different and but but I want people to understand what you're putting together, which is I think uh, incredible. Um, John has been working for like two years interviewing people, getting game film um, with a a documentary that I think is going to be unbelievable about the history of the Rubber Bowl. Yeah, yeah, and And it's... And even the concerts, the Rolling Stones, Stevie Wonder, Chicago, all the things. That's thanks in part to you and and Ralph and meeting over cigars one day. That's going to be a big part of it. Um, but it's been, 
as I said, it's been a treat for me to get to learn the history of a place that meant so much to me, but had seen its better days by the time that I was there. Yeah. By the time that I was there, the rubber bowl was like an old, an old soul that, that had, you know, that had moved on, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to be able to see it in its glory and also in its, you know, moments of shame, such as when they didn't have a turf field and it was grass and but the grass had, was great well and the dugout well i have some pictures to show you of the grass that there w- wasn't there it don't look too great in those no, pictures but that was part of it it was it was there's so much it's amazing how much took place in a simple stadium and how a place like that was a gathering place for an entire city yeah and um I don't think Akron has that anymore. No. I don't believe. I don't think anybody has it anymore. I think there's one place that I could name that has something similar to it still. What? And it's Maslin. I would agree. With Paul Brown Tiger Stadium, because that's been around for as long as it has, and it's still the gathering place on Friday night, when Fawcett Stadium was torn down, that tore a little bit of McKinley away. Yeah. They still have the field house, but they don't have Fawcett Stadium anymore. Right. And you know, I hope I hope and pray that that they keep the field house and that that never gets torn down and that Paul Brown Tiger Stadium never gets torn down because watching the Rubber Bowl get torn down has been you know one acronite to another. It's been a hard thing to watch. Absolutely, I agree. And thank you so much for for putting this together because it means so much to me and so many of us. Uh, like Larry Poole, Eric Schock, Gary Pinkle, everybody who's who had a part in that. Um, I remember I I played many games there with packed houses and against Garfield, against Larry Poole, going head to head against them and and those kind of things. So thank you for doing this. But I wanted to, you know I just wanted to bring that up. When we come back, we're going to begin our discussion with Pastor Walter Moss. What's going on today? Um, which is only a small part of everything he does in the community. Um, and we'll talk about that and also talk about some deeper issues as we continue the week that was. Stay tuned. Pastor Walter Moss, I called him this morning, <laughs> said, hey, can you come in today? He said, sure. Yes. He's always. And you, I'll tell you, I got to tell you this. What What is going on with you? You you look like an Olympian. Oh yeah. Have you you've lost a ton of weight? Well, try not to eat as much as I used to usually eat. I try to I do a little bit of walking. <clears throat> excuse me, as much as I can, and so you look great. Thank you, thank you. My goodness, you walked in. <laughs> I thought because all I saw, you know, you when you walked in the door, the light is behind you, so you can't really see right. who it is. But I'm looking at this slim person walking in, and I'm going, Nick, is that Pastor Moss? <laughs> yeah, but thank you so hey, much. You're tell, welcome. tell everybody what you've got going on. You've always got something going on, but what do you got going on today? Well, we're working uh, with today uh, with the CERB project with Pastor Tommy Brewer, Gethsemane Baptist Church, every Mother's Day Saturday. Uh, they have a uh, no violence luncheon, talking about no violence, of course, and but they invite mothers there who have lost loved ones to Ooh. violence, and uh, he's made a commitment uh, to uh, keep this up and to work with us, 
And so we go down. We'll be over there from 12 to 2 over at 12th and Cleveland and Walgreens uh, parking lot. Okay. And uh, so anyone in the community you're invited, he's uh, roasting a pig. Really? And, and fish. He's having fish and uh, cooking fresh. And uh, so anybody in the community is welcome to come. And right. especially mothers, if you lost a loved one, you know, we want to honor you, but uh, all are welcome to come. Yeah. And that's got to be the hardest thing in the world. Yes. On Mother's Day. Right. For a mother to, and we talk about mothers because. I said at the beginning of the show that mothers are are unique. They're yes. special. God put mothers on this earth right. to to show us all how we should love unconditionally, conditionally, right. how we should love without expecting anything in return. And that's what mothers are. And when the mother loses mm-hmm. a child, right. especially in a senseless way, through violence, that's got to be the hardest thing in the world. Yes, it really is. And I wanted to share with you yesterday, we had our call in, our fifth call in. Uh, and um, Chris Smith uh, spoke about losing her son. We talked to Chris. Yes. And yeah. man, she, I mean, she was, uh, it was just so, it was got so quiet in there when she was sharing about losing her son. And uh, it was powerful what she shared. Yeah. And, yeah. and so what what today when the mothers come, is it just getting together, talking, well, or will well, there be talks? Yeah, and- yeah. I'll talk. Uh, Pastor Tommy and others will talk. Jim Knight's coming, who works with me in the prosecutor's office, and others. And we just talk to about the community, our community. Something what I heard as I was coming in, you were talking about our community, and that's what this really is all about. You know, yes, we have violence, but we also have people who come together, like Pastor Tommy Brewer, who really wants to see the community safer. And to see us all working together for the betterment of our community. Yeah. And that's what this is. This is, you know, we talked about how we have become. And, and I, I, we'll get into this. Right. But I want to talk further with you about, um, we've talked so often. You, you and I, I absolutely love you. You're, I love you. You are my brother. Yes. Um, yes. And, and, I'm I'm almost sick. I I'm almost, I'm so sick of the same right. news. Right. The I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't care about somebody's tax returns anymore. I don't care about this or that. Right. Or, we have got to stop. And I don't know how to do this. I do. We don't know. How, I, I'm so tongue-tied right now mm-hmm. because what I want to say is that we have to put all this other stuff right. behind us. Right. And we have to come together. Everything else, everything is solved mm-hmm. when we come together. It is. As a people. It is. And when you said when we were community, you know? Yes. There was that movie when we were soldiers. Yes. Uh, and I thought about that, but when... I grew up across the street from St. Anthony's. I lived in the projects, and across the other side of St. Anthony's were all we called our Italian brothers. Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier, in our community back then, we had no racial problems. We got along. And and you know what? You said it if you had it. Right. If you had a racial That's problem, right. if you had a problem That's with right. somebody, 
You talk to that person That's individually. Right. And and if we were going to fight anybody, black or white, black on black, white on white, we just fought. We didn't pull out no gun yeah. and knives. Yeah. We uh, fought, walked away, and then came back together. Yes. Yes. And that and that's how we we have to continue. We're going I want to get into this in a deeper level. And I'm going to come. I'm going to stop by after right, the show. Awesome. I want to awesome. be there. I want to see this and and support you and support everybody uh as as we continue this. But we're going to continue our discussion with Pastor Walter Moss uh about violence, about coming together as a community, all these things as the week that was continues. Stay tuned. We're continuing with Pastor Walter Moss. Uh, you've got a, a binder there. Yes, I just happened to bring this with me because I am Monday. I have a board meeting. I'm on the Ohio Collaborative Community Police Advisory Board. I was um, uh, placed on by uh, our former governor a year and a half ago, and so I'm still on the board. And uh, this Monday we have our first meeting this year under our new governor, Governor DeWine, and he's going to be at our meeting, and it's really to deal with relationships between police and community and what the board advises police departments throughout Ohio is different standards, standards of force, a hiring, recruitment, those type of things is what we look at and things. We come up make recommendations to the, uh, all the police departments across Ohio. Is there anything you're not on? <laughs> <laughs> no. You're a busy man. Yes, but I love it. I, I know. love it. I know, and there's a there's a mission behind yes. it. And that's what that's what is great about that's it. That's right. That's right. I I wanted to I came into today as Stephen and John know. I came in to the show today very somber. And it was like I had a whole bunch of stories. I had a bunch of stuff. We um you know we we have stories about uh, 700 rockets being shot into Israel this past week. Um, we have stories of partisan bickering between two parties constantly. We have stories of all this stuff, and, and I, uh, I'm i actually, it's almost like the guy um, from the movie Network that was the anchor man who finally snapped one day and just said, we need to open up our windows and say, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Mm. And I almost felt like that today. I almost felt like all this stuff is so superficial. Right, right. And everything can be solved by one thing, love yeah. and relationships. That's correct. And getting to know each other. Yes. Disconnecting from social media, hiding in your room, blasting other people on the computer is not the answer. That's right. Um, labeling. We, we take things like skin color and we make it a way to categorize people. Right. We take politics and we categorize people. Yes. And we label them and we lump them. And I have said this so many times and it is so frustrating that I'm I'm actually sick of it. And and I 
have gotten to the point in my life where I want to be involved in making a more of a difference. I I I try and do that individually. Right. Mm-hmm. But to make more of a difference in bringing us all together and 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 talking again. Right. Um how talk me off the ledge. I'm I'm like I'm I I came in in a funk Pastor Moss today about all this. It it hurts. It's heavy on me oh, yeah. today that I don't even want to talk about news. I want to talk about people. Correct. How do we do that? Well, thank God for uh, you know people like you who feel have that, and you know I feel the same way. I, I get I, I'm tired of talking politics. I think that some of the issues that we have that we need to sit down and talk about, as soon as you start talking, all of a sudden you get labeled as this or that. And I'm all I want to do is talk about the issue. How do we solve this issue? Yes. And, um, you know, yesterday we had our call in at uh, Common Police Court. And, you know, those are not political issues. Those are issues of individuals who made some bad choices, some bad decisions. And, my goal was to help them to know, number one, the community is tired of the violence, but we want to help you to help yourself. There's help available. Now we've talked to you. Here's the information. All you got to do is call, and you can get some help. And Coach Joe, over these five years that we've been doing this project and we've presented this message, it's been hard to even get people to call and say, hey, I want this help that you said is available. Now, I had a couple, but I'm saying that the help is out there for people, but really trying to get them to come to the place and to the point in their life, <clears throat> excuse me, and say, hey, I really want help. Um, and I think that, unfortunately, our nation have fostered to people that there are so many entitlements that, hey, I don't really need to go to work. I can just sit back and I can collect some money through these different agencies and that. And so it's hard to really reach people. One of the things that really hurt me yesterday, talking to these young men uh, in the call-in, I was just the day before at Belden School talking to third, fourth, fifth grade kids. And uh, a little girl wanted to know if she could sit with us. And I said, sure. She sat right next to me. And she went on to tell me that her dad was going to give her mom money so she can get her uh, cell phone turned on. And I don't know why she told me that, but I really believe, and as I told these men yesterday, you know what? I said, gentlemen, we need you to be fathers. We have too many absentee fathers. And I believe that's what this little girl was saying to me. Every time I go there, she waves at me. And now she got to the point she wanted to sit next to me because she needs her daddy in her life, a man, a a positive man that's not going to take advantage of her but love her as a a daughter. And so I think that this whole society that, you know, we've just, it's just been broken down. You know, we don't, they don't want us to talk about the Bible. And the Bible, Judeo-Christian ethics was given to us for order. And when we don't have order, we have chaos. And so I think we're just on the brink as a nation of chaos because people don't want you to tell them, hey, this is what you got to do. It 
And this is how it's got to be done. And so I think that is our problem now is that instead of saying, hey, I'm going to follow the oh, the guidelines and the order, no, we want to do it this way, usurp what's already been given. And so to me, it produces confusion and chaos. And I think men, we're different than women, is the fact that men have to feel like they are worth something. Right, right. We are naturally kind of hunters. right. We want to go out and feel like we are providing right. and we're doing things. That's right. No matter how much you we can deny that, it is a fact. Correct. Mothers are nurturers. Yes. They are, and, and, and men want to feel worthy. Right. And when you don't do anything, if you, if you the, enabling that right. through... Enabling men to not go out and do that Mm -hmm. causes them eventually to be, um, have no self-worth. Right. Thus, their life is meaningless. Thus, others' lives are meaningless. And it's easier to be violent Mm -hmm. towards others and ourselves because of that. Right. Isn't that true? Isn't that a yeah. natural order that we? It is. It, that's almost. Uh, it, it's almost politically incorrect to even <laughs> talk is, about right. that right now. That's what I'm saying. We can't. They don't want to talk about all these issues that we as men are having in our nation. And I got an issue that you know we have a uh, 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 over eighty percent of African American men in our nation that are incarcerated. And not being there with their children, it produces, it creates an issue back in back in the community. Yes, and but we there's don't, a void. That's right. There's a, that's that deep void, and foster care is not solving this problem. Moving these kids to different homes is producing, creating more problems for a lot of these kids, and so the kids get angry. Mm-hmm. And so for two years, I've been working with these little boys at Belden School, third, fourth, fifth grade, through the CERB project. And you know what I've seen over the second year? I've seen boys that will want to hug me. They they want, they if I'm not there, they ask my assistant or associate, Kelly Williams, who's there, where's Pastor Moss? Where's Pastor Moss? Because we've developed a real relationship. I make them, they have to respect each other. They have to respect their teachers. And so what I'm saying is kids, especially boys, they want order. They want somebody to tell them as young men what they need to do. But if they don't get that, then they're going to go wild. Yeah. You know, I've got a friend who I, and I think I've told you this story. Yes. Carl Schooneman is a six foot, eight inch, 380 pound former offensive lineman at Iowa State. Right. Teammate of mine, uh, a, 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 about as he he is so white he's clear, <laughs> but but he he built he bought a home mm-hmm. in the worst part of Charlotte, in a in an area where you hear gunshots and you hear all this stuff. He he was a successful businessman, retired, bought this home, right, and he brings in, uh. Every Saturday and during the week too, but every Saturday especially, he brings in 
all the neighborhood young men, right. all African-American. Mm-hmm. And he brings them in, and he does exactly the same thing. Yeah, He brings in people to talk to them. He feeds them like crazy. They go out, they play games, they talk about issues, right. they 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 talk about biblical issues. Right. He reads the Bible That's to awesome. them, they pray. That's awesome. And he has changed That's lives. Right. In that community. That's right, because they continue to talk, have dialogue. Yeah, and even the kids, even the the gang members mm-hmm. appreciate him being there. That's right, yeah. Um, we have to get to that point, and we have to eliminate, I'm sick of talking about superficial stuff. Right, right. Because it doesn't matter who the president is. That's right. It doesn't change. That's right. It doesn't matter who is in office and all the all the junk. Right. It's all the same. That's right. The real bottom line is we have to take care of each other right. individually. And and this has been like growing in me mm-hmm. to the point where it's time to I hope you plug me in. Oh yeah, but I I Definitely. like today. I'm gonna. I want to be there. Yes. Um. But but we have to get to a point where things things change, and right. and, and it doesn't matter about. We have to start looking past into the souls right. of people, yes. men, women, everybody. As as our brothers and sisters, we need to be together. We were made to be together. Right, definitely. To communicate. Yes. And to touch yes. and to and to be there. And and our world is telling us now that we need to be separate. Right. First of all, you can't touch. Don't hug. Don't <laughs> right. do this. The other part is don't talk to that person. I have to tell you, when that little girl sat next to me, I got a little nervous. Yeah. I mean I could feel her leg against my leg. That's sad. I got nervous. And and she wanted me to know that she had she had a cell phone, and she wanted to. She's only a third, fourth grader, right? But she was she wanted to be next to a man, yeah, a daddy figure, because her dad's not in her life. But you were nervous <laughs> because someone might perceive it right wrong, right, right. That's sad. It is. When I told my wife and friends about it, and I just said, I told one of my the teachers there, I told her, I took a picture of her. I said, I couldn't believe it. How she said, can we, I sit with you all? I said, yeah, and she came and sit next to me. But she, there's that need in her life. Yeah. And that's what got to me. And when we get older, it doesn't change. <laughs> that's right. At my age. That's right. At your age. That's right. We need, when I see you, I hug you. Yes, yes. You know, and 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 we don't lose that. We need right. physical we we need a closeness yes in individuals. Yes. We need to say hello to people yes. when we're walking down the street. Amen. You know, and and we're 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 legislating all those things right. out of our life and, now. And I got to say this, Coach. I met your mom, and your mom is awesome. Yeah. And I didn't get to hear her today, but last year I did, and she's an awesome mother. And I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers, to my wife, Darlene, and to uh, my daughters, Mary and Shannon. Happy Mother's Day. Chris Smith, thank you for what you shared yesterday yes. to call in. God bless all you beautiful mothers. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I will see you at noon. 
All right. And God bless you. God bless you. As always. Thank you. I love you. Love you too. Pastor Walter Moss. We'll be back right after this. Yes, it is time for a contest. We're moving it up, catching people off guard. And you can win a $25 gift card to George's Lounge. I want a new person. I want a new person. Somebody new call in and win the $25 gift card to George's Lounge. Liz, I love you. But I want a new person today. Let's go to caller number three. What's your name, please? Jeff Barber. Jeff? Yes. How I'm are not, you, Jeff? Fine. I've not talked to you before. Good. I'm talking gl- to Gary Rivers. <laughs> I'm glad you called. Did you uh, Did you get the answers earlier? Yes, I did. Then you're, you'll be the man then. So if I can match up the numbers correctly. I think you can. <laughs> okay. According to Hallmark, how many Mother's Day cards are purchased each year? Oh my! I'm going to give. I'm going to give you a hint. Go in the order that you wrote them down. Okay. (laughs) Hundred and forty-one million. There you go. Because uh, I thought, how do I know which one it was? I know, I know. <laughs> That's why I wanted to give you the hint. <laughs> According to AT&T, how many phone calls are made on Mother's Day? Boy, some of them got shorted out. 122 million. <laughs> yes, yes. And which flower is most associated with Mother's Day? Well, Alliance will be glad to hear it's the carnation. That's a fact. It is. <laughs> it is. Okay, great. You won, Jeff. Thank you, Joe. All you right. you won the $25 gift card to George's Lounge. Now I'm going to put you on hold. Thank you very much. We're going to get all your information. You could come in this week and pick it out or pick it up, and you could use it whenever you want. All right. Thanks again. Have a great weekend, Jeff. Thanks. Thank you. Enjoy hearing your mother. Oh, thank you. I enjoyed hearing her, too. (laughs) Thanks a bunch. In fact, I texted my mom to listen to her, too. Oh, good for you. All right. Good for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. All right, he's on hold. A couple stories I wanted to get into, just real quick. You know, the redistricting battle in Ohio, we have to look at it. I've already done this, but I'm going to do it again. Um, President Obama said at one time, and I thought it was very astute, elections have consequences. Throughout the history of our country, from the very beginning of our country, the people running the House and the Senate in a state gerrymandered. They redistrict. They draw lines. That comes with the people in power. We have to give credit to people like Kirk Shearing, Thomas West, and others in our House and our Senate, in our state, our state legislature, because they have come together in a bipartisan way to change the laws of redistricting so that in 2020, and maybe sooner, 
this will not take place any longer. The minority party will have more say in how it's redistricted. So we need to move on now and give credit to our legislature in a bipartisan way, and maybe our federal legislature will someday learn from the state of Ohio that you can come together to change rules that have been out of whack since the beginning of our country. That is changing. And congratulations to our legislature for putting that in. Um, the, the other one is uh, Attorney General Barr being possibly held in contempt. Well, it, this has happened before. It happened to Eric Holder. He was held in contempt in uh, 2012. Held in contempt both criminally and civilly. In, in, as a civil contempt and criminal contempt for Operation Fast and Furious for not turning over documents related to Operation Fast and Furious. We've had this before. So we've had it most recently as our, uh, just the last legislate or the last administration. It is not um, anything that, it's partisan. It was partisan when it was Eric Holder. It's partisan now. We need to move on from these. We need to move on from all this stuff. We need to move on from tax returns. We need to move on from the bickering. And we need to come together. Or else, what's that saying, Stephen? If we don't come together, we fall individually, I don't know how that all works. If we don't rise up together, we will fall, and we are at that point in our country where we have to do that. And we've talked to Pat, you know, we talked to Pastor Moss about this, all that stuff. It is, um, we've got to start individually. Stop calling people names, stop doing things, stop looking at, at what separates us, and look what joins us together. And I'm, I, I, you know, in, in in all the time I have doing this show, um, I, I, oh, united we stand, divided we fall. That's that's a that's that's kind of simple, and it's really true, and we've got to be able to do that. Congratulations to Jeff for winning the contest. We're going to take a break real quick. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up. John is in the house still. I'm going to talk about uh, some other things. Maybe whatever's on your mind, John. Whatever's on your mind. I've got a couple funny stories I think we'll bring up, but (laughs) we'll do that. It is uh, also National Miniature Golf Day today. Oh, I love mini golf. I can talk to you about mini golf for days. Okay, we'll do it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I love this song. You know, when I was in ninth grade, my freshman year at Hoban, one of the classes we took in English was Simon and Garfunkel. (laughs) Really? I swear, because they are great poets. I mean, their songs, uh, and it wasn't a whole course in them, but most of the course was involved with analyzing every song that Simon and Garfunkel did. What did they mean by this? What did they, 
So it was taking literature and actually making it contemporary for us. But it was amazing when you looked into their music, the, the meaning behind it. It was, it was poetry. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah. I've come to talk with you again. Bingo. And because of visions softly e-creeping. Yes. I don't know the rest. Left its seats while I was sleeping. Look at you. But the vision, the vision. Still lingers. That was planted in it my planted. brain. Still remains. Within the sound. Of silence. There you go. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Today, Joe is Simon and I'm Garfunkel. Garfarkel. Simon and Garfarkel. Oh. We're the Farkel brothers. That sounds like something that SCTV would have done back in the day. They did. Did they? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I just took a shot in the dark on that. They did. <laughs> I could picture Eugene Levy and like somebody else. Yes. Uh, I um let's go from the from the the deep to the ridiculous. Today is National Miniature Golf Day. Do they still have miniature golf courses? Of course they do. Are you kidding me? I I don't even know. I, I I am a registered pro at a couple. No, I'm not. But if I could be, I would be. Do you remember? You you don't remember, but every Saturday morning, when I was younger, they had a professional putt putt circuit where they it was actually on TV. I've heard about these. They they actually this popped up on Twitter a couple weeks ago and it and it was like nothing will ever be as intense as this match and it was like this guy that was like really out of shape with like a big handlebar mustache and he was like the best pup pup player in the world. Well they it, it was like the only way you lost is if you got a two on a hole. Well, yeah, because, because everybody hit one in. I mean, I will tell you this. At Rolling Greens in uh, in Hartville, okay, I, I I have struggled with the windmill many a time. I struggle with the windmill. I struggle with the clown's mouth almost always. But then there is Rinky Dink, which is my home course, my home mini golf course. Where's that at? Up in Medina. Okay, that's where I was taught the game of mini golf. No. Where where a young John Bozica was taken by his father, George, handed that beautiful, horrible mini-golf-looking putter yes. and said, make this putt. Yes. And, and, you, and obviously it was a red or green or blue ball. It was. It was. In the case of my dad, always he, he went with the black ball because he always wanted to signify that when you're playing against George... You're playing against the winner. Ooh. So it was like a it was like a it was like a he had that that, that reverse psychology. Psycho. Yeah. And and you waited for the call over the loudspeaker. If you're playing the blue ball and you hit a hole in one, you win a free game. Right? <laughs> uh, I just there was growing up and and I mean, the only time I go mini golfing now is if Allie and I are really bored on like a Saturday night, and we're like, we don't have anything else better to do. Let's go get yeah. mini golf and ice cream. But and and isn't that kind of like what has to follow ice cream? Like when you play mini golf, like you have to get ice cream kind of following. That's it. really true. It's like it's like that's like it's like American and apple pie. Like I mean, like 
Yeah. It's like another one of those things. Yeah. I agree with that. that like when you go to soft play serve. Mini, yeah. When you go to play mini golf, there has to be a soft serve place right down the street. Or sometimes the mini golf had soft yeah, serve. Yeah, absolutely. If you were really special. Yeah. But whatever happened to the putt-putt courses? It was putt-putt. I don't know. Those kind of went... It, it got more complicated because now... Once you added in the idea, whoever was the person out there that created the idea of the obstacle on the course, yeah, and like the clown on the course, and like the the windmill, they ruined they ruined the love of the game. the oh. the initial The initial innocence that was putt putt. I think it was the concussions. Well, that was a big thing. The fights. You remember the scandal of 1988 at Rinky Dink? Yes. It was very serious. Yes. I think that's what ruined it. The clown. And people coming out and saying, you have to wear helmets. The clown got so mad at everyone that he came to life and started hitting people. (laughs) I never got, we used to always try, when I was a kid, we used to always try and outsmart the 18th hole. Oh, yeah. Yeah, always. Because it went, the, the 18th hole went into a tube. And, and you never got the ball back. You never got the ball back. And we always tried to outsmart it and just keep playing. And it, and it didn't, you know, put your hands, somebody had to put their hand in there or something like that in order to get the ball back so you could keep going because the guy at the thing was always talking to girls and stuff and didn't even care. You know, I know that, that they send those mini golf balls just to some place to then be washed and be reused. Oh, yeah, right. But do you think they get rid of the bad ones? No. Like, do you think when one comes back with a mark on it that it didn't have before that they that they yell at it and throw it away? You think? I mean, whatever happened to the yellow ball that... That went astray. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a sock in your dryer. It's true. The sock, one, you, you put two socks in and there's and only three. one sock comes out <laughs> and the other sock you find was clinging to the door so it could escape. I, and then when you open the door, it leaves, and it finds itself in a gutter somewhere, wondering, how do I get back? I've put five pairs of socks in a laundry machine before and left with one. JT is here. I don't know what he's doing here, but he's here. And, uh, oh, what are you doing, JT? Oh, he works next door in the FM. Looks little mix ninety four. He he kind of goes both ways in this station. I like that Simon and Garfunkel story. Is the reason you took that because basket weaving was full? Yes, basket weaving was full. (laughs) I want to thank Pastor Moss. I want to thank Stark County Commissioner. Richard Regula. Richard Regula, I'm sorry. God, Richard Regula, I want to thank you, Stephen Potter, J. David Rest, JT for coming in. What? We got to get out of here. We have a tea time at Rinky Ding. Let's go.